Welcome back to my podcast, The Future is in Your Hands. I'm Zerlyn Deary. I'm a licensed and board-certified massage therapist and educator with over 30 years of professional experience. Now that I've spent over half my life being a professional massage therapist, I want to help others become successful massage therapists too. And we're starting at the very beginning, before you begin massage school. During this episode, we're going to explore what you want to learn, where you want to learn it, who do you want to learn from. So if you want to be a massage therapist, the future is in your hands. It seems like a lot of people just go to the school that's the closest to them or the one that's the least expensive. But that's not always the best way to make sure that you're finding the program that will be best for you. Remember, you're investing more than money. You're investing your time and focus. You may be going to a massage therapy program or school for six months or a year and a half or even longer. You need to feel comfortable there. You need to feel like you really appreciate and respect these instructors and get along with them. Now, let's look at some things that you might already been thinking about and some good clues that you would do really well in massage school if you're interested in classical sciences like anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, and pathology. Or if you're really looking forward to hands-on classes actually doing massage therapy. What's interesting to me is that some people say they want to learn healing, Reiki, personal training, reflexology, or aromatherapy, but they're thinking about going to massage school. This can get confusing. One of the best things you can do early on is see if your state regulates massage therapy. Only a few do not. Most educational programs for massage therapy require the students to read and become familiar with their local regulations and practice acts. It wouldn't be a bad idea to go look now and really take the time to see what is required to practice in your area and what you can do after you're licensed. Here is your assignment if you choose to accept it. Internet scavenger hunt number one. Find out if the state you want to practice massage therapy in is regulated and exactly what you will need to get a license to practice there. You may also want to look at more than one state because requirements are different across the United States, ranging from 300 hours to 1,000 hours or even more. Now, can you imagine how you would feel If you went to this really cool school somewhere and then you couldn't get the license to practice where you planned to, or if you moved and you had to go back to school and take more classes in order to be licensed. I need you to know there is no national license that's going to work everywhere. And what if the massage therapy licensure in your state doesn't actually list the things you want to do, like Reiki or reflexology or aromatherapy? We're going to explore curriculums and how to compare program details in a later episode. But for now, I want you also to think about if you're interested in medicine, maybe you don't want to go to massage school. Maybe you want to look at a more 
traditional degree program for doctors, nurses, physical therapists, physical therapy assistants, occupational therapists and assistants, athletic trainers. All of these are very hands-on and some even have massage as part of their scope of practice. However, if you're interested in providing things like counseling, spiritual guidance, life or health coaching, you may want to think about getting real and becoming a chaplain, a minister, a licensed professional counselor, a clinical psychologist, nutritionist, or dietitian. If you think you're interested in the cosmetology or beauty industry, please look at your local cosmetology schools. Cosmetologists, estheticians, and nail technicians are all very hands-on, and some do some limited massage on very specific areas. It's not uncommon for people to also have two licenses or practices. We often see massage therapists that are also licensed as estheticians, athletic trainers, or physical therapy assistants. It may work out that going to massage school and becoming a massage therapist is going to be a great way to work part-time and earn money while you're going through another degree program. It can also be that bridge of motivation and inspiration that encourages you to continue your education in a different direction. It's just better to look at this a little closer now. Because, for instance, if you become a massage therapist and you take an anatomy class, and then you go to nursing school, you're probably going to have to take another anatomy class. Now, you may do really well in it, and it would be really cool if you could go to a community college as a massage therapy program that would let you take the anatomy class that would count for both the massage therapy program and the nursing program. Um, Well, I mean, I don't think that actually happens, or if it does, it's very rare. And it's very frustrating to hear people say they want to go to massage school. And then when you start asking them what they want to do, they never actually say the word massage. So we can save you and your future teachers a lot of frustration and time if you'll just pay attention and listen to yourself and think about your goals. Please understand, an average person can go to the best massage school and still become an average or less successful massage therapist, and vice versa. An amazing person could go to a very marginal school and still become an incredibly successful massage therapist. The future really is in your hands, and so much of this is up to you. What you do in school and out of school and after your license all matters a lot. It's very important that you have a good foundational education that's a good fit for you where you're at now and what your future goals are. We want to take some looks at where you want to learn. And this is where you get to start kind of comparing schools and listening to people who may be marketing you. There are a lot of people that will have different labels for the schools, such as accredited, unaccredited private, public, vocational, academic, corporate, mom and pop, artisanal, holistic, clinical. But what does all this really mean? And are they really identifiers and telling you something? Or once again, is this just marketing language? While we have a lot of labels, 
there's very little consistency across the United States in massage therapy education, and it's incredibly frustrating. It is improving and getting better. If you will consider that in 1991, there were less than 200 massage schools and programs in the whole United States, accreditation and federal funding for massage therapy tuition was not available and less than 15 states were regulated and providing licensure for massage therapists. Move forward to 2007. There were over 1,500 massage therapy schools and programs in the U.S., and many of them were now accredited. Almost 40 states were regulating and licensing massage therapists. That's a huge amount of growth in a short period of time. Right now, there's significantly less massage therapy schools, but almost all the states are licensed and regulated. I want you to understand that all massage schools and or training programs are either accredited or unaccredited. That doesn't mean they're bad or good. Many people think the only difference is that you may be able to get a federal student loan for tuition, but there are other differences to look at as well. Tuition may be more expensive if federal student loans are available. It could also be less expensive. Surprisingly, some accredited community college programs are very cost-effective, and some accredited massage therapy schools could be more expensive. So cost doesn't make any sense sometimes. This is why we have to look at so many other details. Understand, it does cost a fair amount to become and maintain your accreditation. And they also have very different and more rules and requirements that they have to include and follow in order to be accredited. Most of these are designed to protect the students. I just have to be honest that at this point, I don't believe that just because a school is accredited or unaccredited, it can guarantee a higher score on the licensing exam. You can and should ask to see what percentage of their graduates pass the exams the first time. And shockingly enough, depending on what state you're in and the state rules as well, neither accredited or unaccredited schools may guarantee that you will always have a highly trained educator or licensed massage therapist teaching your class. Either may also have a fairly complex and well-thought-out curriculum or be using a packet that came with the textbook. And this is where vocational and academic begins to get really confusing. We have to understand that for the most part, massage therapy education in the U.S. has been and is still mostly vocational. One may think that if you're in a community college or university, it will be an academic program. There are private vocational schools that can be as academically challenging and exclusive as some community college programs. An accredited program in a community college may not always be an actual degree program. It could be a workforce development program. It could function more like a private school inside a community college. You also need to ask about college credit because you may or may not get college credit or the college credit you get might not be a degree in massage therapy. 
it may not be easily transferable to another academic program, and you need to know that before you start signing on any lines. When people are talking about corporate massage schools, these are usually owned by a corporation, and they may have more than one campus. They may even have campuses in different states. They are usually accredited. Mom-and-pop massage schools are usually family-owned and operated traditionally by a couple or their family, and including their children. But that doesn't mean they're not always unaccredited. They could be accredited too. When people say their school is artisanal, holistic, or clinical, that's usually speaking about the culture and the curriculum of the training. Some of these will also be accredited or unaccredited. That's the question you have to keep asking. But one of the biggest things I want you to do is be able to look beyond your neighborhood, your city, your state, and actually explore schools that may appeal to you more because of where their graduates are practicing, what is included in the training, and who is actually teaching. It's okay to think very seriously about who you want to learn from. Can you imagine how you would feel sitting in class, taking notes, paying thousands of dollars to go to massage school or this program, and then finding out that your instructor just graduated last year, or they weren't a licensed massage therapist? How would you feel if you realized they had never actually practiced massage therapy, or they never made a living practicing massage therapy? Does that matter for you? It might. And unfortunately, this can happen in many states and even in accredited programs. There used to be a saying that those that can't teach. So while accredited schools may be more likely to have instructors with degrees, it isn't a hard and fast assumption that unaccredited schools do not. In fact, Licensed massage therapists are far more likely to have a degree today than 20 years ago. Okay, it might be in a different subject like art history or education, but it may still be an improvement. One main challenge in the whole massage therapy profession is that a degree or a successful practice does not always translate into a competent instructor. Some states have really specific requirements for massage therapy instructors. Some require more continuing education or more years of licensure. Some may say years of practice, but you know what? Most of them aren't looking very closely at that. They may look to see how long they've been licensed, but they don't look at their actual IRS records always to see if they were working in an unrelated job as well, or fast food or retail. Some people may not even include unrelated jobs on a resume. Even these requirements are not a guarantee that someone will be a really good instructor. In massage therapy education, I would really love to see you learn from those that can. Those that can do massage well enough to earn a living from it, and those that can instruct others well enough to do that too. So, I'm just going to tell you what I would look for in a massage therapy instructor if I was going to send my grandchild to massage therapy school or a program today. And yes, I do have grandchildren. 
I would want my grandchild to take classes from an instructor that is a practicing licensed and board-certified massage therapist. See, there's another thing you may not have heard. Even though I said it in my intro, board-certified massage therapist. It's a thing, and many more are licensed than board-certified. Board certification does require advanced classes, experience, competencies, and it's another very challenging exam. I think it's okay to expect the instructors to reach that. I would want to have instructors in the classroom also that had completed at least a 500-hour massage therapy education and has practiced at least five years. I feel like we really need instructors in the classroom that understand the importance of the foundational education and how it supports our practices and the challenges that appear on our massage table on a daily basis. I would prefer that instructors have some type of rich background of experience in more than one setting, multiple settings even. I feel like there's this unrealistic expectation that someone would be able to train another person to work in a setting that they've never worked in or have very little practical experience, knowledge, or volunteer experience in. Believe it or not, over 30 years later, I am still learning. I love to take classes. I like to learn from a wide variety of instructors. And I found that personally, I enjoyed and felt like I got more from classes where that instructor also loved learning. So I often ask them what other classes they've taken and who their instructors are. You know what? I do expect that no matter how long anyone's been practicing or teaching or what initials they have after their name, they should have been to several classes themselves. After all, most state licenses and professional organizations do require continuing education. I would want to take a class from an instructor who would care about our profession, participate in our community, and are knowledgeable and involved in our professional organizations. I would like them to know about associations, attend conferences and summits as participants, not just as instructors. And I would be searching for instructors that are research-informed and demonstrate some clinical integrity as well as holistic principles. But that's a topic for another podcast. Most importantly, I appreciate instructors that can have the attitude that they are teaching their future colleagues. They are teaching people to be able to achieve as much or more than they have. If every massage therapy instructor were training people to work for them, work with them, or hire them, that could make a big difference. So now, you can begin to think about what kind of school you may want to go to, where you would consider going to massage school, and what kind of teachers you'd love to be in class with. You can start putting together some questions you want to ask schools and instructors in the future. Focus on the internet scavenger hunt number one, get some answers, hit the subscribe button, and get ready to tune in next time, and we'll start talking about what kind of massage you want to practice, where you want to practice, and who you may want to be working with. I'm Serlin Deary, and the future is in your hands.
future is in your hands is a production of and is the intellectual property of Zero and Deary and Anatriptic Alchemy. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors as long as they're factually based. This podcast represents her own personal opinions based on her education and experience and does not represent the views or opinions of the American Massage Therapy Association, the Society for Oncology Massage, the National Certification Board for Therapeutic Massage and Bodywork, the Massage Therapy Foundation, or any other organization or institution. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. Thank you.